What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Unhinged with the one and only, a very, very dear friend of mine, celebrity superstar trainer, energy dealer, Nike master trainer, now on Netflix. You can catch her, the one and only, Kirsty Gotso. Wow, I just, my hun is my absolute hype queen. It is an honor to be here. Long time listener of Unhinged. Um, one of the first time Instagram participants of Unhinged oh, yeah. when it was on our rooftop. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Guys, how Unhinged even started in the first place was Kirsty and I would just like go on um, Instagram Live and like Instagram Q&A during the pandemic and just answer all these like deranged dating questions. It was basically the blind leading the blind. Like we had absolutely no right to be <laughs> telling people to do the things we were doing. But hey, absolutely here we are no now. Right. But listen, Amrit <laughs> has now become a very successful dating guider and me, not so much. Um, Advice, but it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, I am so happy that you're the first guest of this year because everyone's like new year, new me. And I'm like, new year, same me, bitch. Like... Literally, <laughs> say me, but worse. <laughs> say me, but worse. And I think you're the perfect person to help all of us kickstart our year in a way that's probably a little bit more productive than like, you know, having an excessive list of goals that like feel unattainable. I mean, I'm podcasting from bed right now. I don't know if you can see this in the video. So Clearly, my expectations were low for myself. Um, but a lot of people I feel like have these crazy expectations and then January happens and it's really hard to get into. Like, you know, it's storming, it's raining, it's gray, like, and then you get disheartened. And so I think you're the best person to have on today to maybe give us a little kickstart on how we can have a better new year, have a better entry into the new year. That's sustainable. I love this topic so much because I really despise the pressure around New Year's resolutions and these crazy scenarios that we create for ourselves. For example, if you're not in California um, and you're not experiencing the rain that we're having, but what say your goal had been, I'm going to run 100 miles in January. That was your fitness plan. And now you've realized it's actually raining nonstop, flooding. You you can't get anywhere, you know? I think that the biggest thing that we do with goals is we don't, one, make them a little detailed and we don't kind of make them adaptable. And you need to have agility with everything that kind of that you plan. Like I'm a very routine person, but I also try and be very level with everything with myself and with my clients, with my friends, because you do need to be able to adapt and adjust all the time with things. So I'm really excited we're going to talk about this because the Huns are here for you guys and we want you to have the mm -hmm. best year yet. And that is not bullying yourself. I think a lot of the time when we set goals, we have the best of intention, but it kind of ends up being like a low key way that we bully ourselves because it turns into guilt and then it turns into maybe a little bit of festering resentment. Um, so yes, I'm really excited to hack into goals. Also, love that Amrit's like, I'm doing this from bed, but she's seven months pregnant. There is a crazy <laughs> storm happening right now. And she was still like, we're doing the recording. And I was like, I love this. That's <laughs> adaptability, you know? I was sending Kirsty photos of basically moving to the hills. The, my, the hill has like landslid into like the gravel and the land is like sliding off the foundation. And downstairs in my car there's like a giant pile of gravel and I sent her the photo and she's like um do we need to postpone the episode I'm like no I see you in 20 minutes <laughs> I'll do this shit later RIP the days where Amrit and I were neighbors so we could just bowl into each other's apartments but um I do love her new uh, hills life that I can go and be part of regularly so that's nice it's my I'm about to be a mom lifestyle but speaking of goals are there any goals that you set for yourself in the past that you look back on now and you're like, that was totally unhinged. Like, I can't believe I thought. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I am a resident psychopath and that's something that I pride myself in sometimes. Um, but as I've got older um, and definitely look younger, just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I've learned to have a lot more grace with goals. And I think I used to have very like masochistic goals around things and just talking at my body or at my life versus being in my life and in my body. So I would, 
I mean, I love setting career goals and I've always done that, especially with my career with Nike because I've been with them forever now. It's like going into my 11th year. Um, and then with my body, you know, I might even have set goals around like my body fat needs to be this. My, you know, I need to get this crazy list of all these different jobs for work. And it's like, but why? Like what, mm -hmm. why does your body fat need to be that when you know that that's not, that's just a number and that's not reflective of actually a lot of other things that you know you need to have the total health and things like that. So I've really tried to steer away from some of these more obsessive goals and change my goals into being more lifestyle formats. And that's something that I really encourage. A lot of my clients are pretty young, you know, anywhere from 19 to sort of 22, 23. And um, they keep me fun. Um, and <laughs> We talk she a lot says about like that. a lot of my clients are young. Meanwhile, she's talking about like <laughs> Kaya Gerber and Olivia Rodrigo and like Maddie Ziegler. Only the A-list creme de la creme of uh, LA's Hollywood scene, young Hollywood scene. You know what is so funny though? They're all such incredible women, despite like their obvious beauty and things that they're known for and their talents. They are just superstars in their perspective on things and their maturity. Like I was not that mature at their age for sure. Um, but we talk a lot about different goals that we have. And, you know, I think a huge goal in general with everyone that I've been speaking to is trying to get a handle on body dysmorphia and mm -hmm. trying to, and, and through that, that's a, that's a bigger topic at hand, you know, and a hard task to tackle, but it might be like, okay, I don't possibly see myself the way that I actually am. And, and I'm missing a lot of my life and a lot of the joy in my life because I've attached it to how I look or how I think people see me or whatever that is but that's not really a true scoring you know in life like mm -hmm. we live in LA and I know definitely since I moved to LA from New York I became much more aware of how crazy something like body dysmorphia or like body expectations can be living in this city mm -hmm. um but even I mean it's unescapable like you drive down sunset and there's just these giant billboards by boy talks and Buckle, yeah. <laughs> buckle my new favorite thing. You know, um, everyone's on Ozempic. It's like the the return of the lollipop heads. You know what's it's crazy? crazy? Because every I think that like things are so skewed now that to me, everyone looks disproportioned. Yes. Like I well, don't know if I you've noticed that, but everybody's heads are really big. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I think that it's an interesting time of life in general because it's like people try and change so much about themselves they take away their uniqueness and they take away these like individual traits that they have and a lot of people end up looking very the same um and I think that's sad because you everyone has something that's special and it's like the way you the way the reason I always talk about like you know just being aware of body dysmorphia and trying to understand that and like debunk it a bit is we don't usually see ourselves for how we are. And like the way, like when I look at my friends, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And then Amrit might tell me something about herself that she's absolutely feeling and experiencing with herself that day. And I'm like, what? And like not seeing it at all, you know? So I think trying to just get a grip on, it's not a quick fix life. Like we need to step away from that. Mm. Like if it's a quick fix, like Ozempic, something that's going to offer you crazy dramatic weight loss, but at what price? You know, I always ask people, I'm like, at what cost is that, you know, shortcut that you're trying to take going to have on your body? Let's talk about ruining your metabolism. Let's talk about like completely changing your gut microbiome, probably throwing hormones, thyroid, adrenals out the window. And it's scary because, you know, there's even mm -hmm. doctors. I'm not a doctor for reference, but there's a lot of doctors recommending these things. There's a moral dilemma of, you know, diabetics who actually need access to this drug, not having as, as much access or any access because it's getting bought up by people that want to lose weight. And it's not a safe or healthy way to lose weight. There are so many other options of things like regular exercise, eating healthier, you know, paying attention to ingredients, paying attention to recovery, learning about your body, you know, getting blood tests done to check your, your, where your hormones are at, like where all your levels are at, and really just being on a same team with your body. I think the biggest issue we face is most people talk at their body rather than talk to their body and have some understanding. I mean, you probably have experienced so many different things during your pregnancy that mm -hmm. you, even if you some days are like, I don't feel great in my body. I don't feel like I look my best. You know, I look different, but 
You I mean, I feel to- like I'm Santa Claus <laughs> that like ate Emirate over the holidays. I don't know where she's. She's like in there somewhere. Um, oh, she's but it's also come crazy because if you take a step, if you take a step back, <laughs> you're like, this is all my husband and I wanted. You know, no, to for get sure. Pregnant, and, you know, and to like yeah, have my body like totally. grow a human. It's crazy, you know. But it's just it's like all a like a uh, mental juggle, you know, to like kind of have these conversations with yourself. Like, I'm I'm gonna be okay. I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, there's something good happening here. This is do- but, I'm doing this for a reason, and but it's well, always easiest. It. Like, it's always it easier to talk about yeah, grace than giving it to yourselves. And I would say like as a blanket whole, I think for most people, we want to live healthier, better, more active lives. Yeah. And like, of course, like coincidentally with that, it's like getting hotter because like I know yes. I want to be hotter. I'm sure you guys want to be hotter. So maybe you can give us some like sustainable tips and like to take it back to goal setting. It's like, I would assume that most people are like, I want to lose X amount of weight. I want to increase my fe- fitness by, I-, I don't even know how you like quantify that. Maybe it's like running a marathon. Maybe it's, you know, going X amount of times to the gym. It's like, how do we put those things one as like, go- like, how do we implement them as goals in a realistic way? And then how do we action them? I would yes. say like, well, that's a good action is like my keyword. And, and Amrit and I were talking about this the other day when we went on a big walk because we love to walk. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, goals are nothing without like the things attached to them. Right. So you're like, how am I growing through this goal? Like, what's my why around it? Like, where are the opportunities? What are my action plans? And like, where am I learning in it? And like, where am I kind of loving myself? Like those are, that actually, you know, spells goal as people like to spell out. But the the, the real thing is, how am I actioning this goal? So, okay, say your your goal is, let's just say my goal is to lose weight. How are you going to lose weight? Then you're like, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. What are you doing at the gym? I'm doing strength three times a week and I'm doing two, two days of cardio. What are you doing for your strength? What are you doing for your cardio? It's like, let's get very detailed without being obsessive, but let's go into the gym with a plan so that you actually have some action attached to that goal to make sure you're going to hit it. because there's a high chance you can go to the gym five days a week and absolutely waste your time in there doing nothing or you're kind of mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over. So it's you you want to get into this habit of being like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing when I'm going into the gym. And it's not about being like a psycho about it either. It's just about going in organized. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love Virgos, especially Virgo females because they are organized, mm-hmm. lists, details, like get yeah. your the Virgo mindset on when you're going into the gym and know exactly what you're doing. And that's why like I feel like it's really tricky to even go. Cassie and I share a mutual gym that's super mixy and I can't go in there because I can't get anything done. Everyone's chatting and it's really social yeah. and it's fun to go into once in a while. But in in terms of going in there with a plan, like everyone's just hanging out. I'm like, this does not work for me. Literally when I was talking about adaptability before, I'm like, that's me every day at work when I'm trying to train people in that gym. So I'm like, oh shit, the one cable is being used. And I'm like, oh, and like improvising, like resistance bands, all these things. But so ideally like try and bulletproof your plans a little bit. Like if you are attaching specific details to it, try and be in an environment where you can get those things done. And also then have some accountable check-ins. You know, like, how is it going? You obviously can't repeat the same program of just strength and cardio forever. So it's like, when are you changing it up? Are you working with the trainer to help you do that? Or are you following a program online? Or like, what's your accountability? Um, And also, are you being realistic about the timeframes attached to your goals? Like, how are you checking in that you're losing weight? Like, dear God, please don't check every day. I was in Mm -hmm. the gym this morning. And this is why I always laugh about gyms, especially gyms with mirrors, because the gym that I predominantly use actually has no mirrors aside from the bathroom, which I think Which it's I kinda, great. I love, yeah. I think it's great because people are looking at themselves way less. They're just involved in the workout. They're not involved in getting distracted by seeing themselves and whatnot. But I'm the you first people... to admit it. I'm vain. If there's a mirror, I'm looking at myself. I love myself. That's like just it's... a given. There needs to be no. <laughs> there needs to be no mirrors. I think it's no difficult because even in the gym this morning, I was watching people. They literally came in. They'd done one set of something, and then they're like checking themselves out like crazy. And I was like, oh my God. "Our expectations of results because of the way life is these days, and everything is so instantaneous, is ridiculous." So, I almost, if your goal is to lose weight, <laughs> I don't even want you to weigh yourself for like three weeks to a month. I do not want you oh, to weigh yourself because. Okay. 
by the way, even if you're weighing yourself, if you're shifting fat into muscle, you're going to seem heavier on the scales. So if you're really trying to get detailed about losing weight, I would more be like, okay, I'm going to test my body fat at the beginning of this journey that I'm going on. I'm going to know what my body fat like percentages and how many pounds of fat that is versus how much muscle. Is that BMI or? So BMI is different. BMI is kind of like a very like blah number, which I don't think is very relevant to our bodies anymore. But body fat, there's a few different ways you can do it. There's machine testing, which I don't, a lot of it isn't as accurate. There's caliper testing. And then you can actually get these body like Dexter scans that really take into account. That'll probably show you your highest body fat percentage because it takes into account everything and it gives you detailed description on different types of fat exactly where everything is like this arm versus this arm etc where do you like I'm a fitness pleb so I don't know where any of this stuff where do you get a body scan so you can look up companies that offer that it's that type of intense scan is much more done especially for athletes things like that but if you are interested in it we can I'll send Amrit some links and we can put it in the notes um I love that but I think if your goal is to lose weight and you're really, if you're going to rank that via a number, your number shouldn't be the number you see on the scales. Cause there's a chance you might lose some weight off the scale, mm-hmm. but there's a chance you might not. And then you feel disappointed, but you've actually lost body fat and converted it into lean muscle mass, which is so much healthier for your body. Anyway, your body burns more calories at a resting rate from having more muscle anyway. And, um, I just think it's be respectful to yourself, right? Like, what honestly like what is changing in your life if you're 115 pounds versus 120 pounds or or whatever I gave very low examples there Um, yeah but if your goal is really like hey I want to lose weight because I don't feel great like I you know when I'm doing cardio I feel a struggle on my heart I want to be really good to my body like those are cool things it's not saying most of us do as Amrit referenced we want to look hot that's not saying that's wrong. You should want to look hot. You're getting <laughs> one opportunity out here. You know what I mean? Like you should feel great in your mm-hmm. lifetime, but don't. I think like, it's funny because people never want to admit it. But at the end of the day, if like that's your goal, yeah. because because the thing is like, it's not necessarily a vain thing. Like looking hot, looking hot is more an indication of like, I look a certain way. I find myself hot, which means that's going to translate in my energy and the way I move and the way I approach the day and like the way I value myself, you know, like I exactly. think people are like embarrassed to admit it. It's like, it's okay. Your goal is to be hot. If, if your it's goal is to be hotter, fine. It's absolutely fine. And by the way, I've worked on many girls where I'm like, you are 12 out of 10. Like you are so hot and we still have insane goals. There's always things that we're working on tweaking. And for a lot of these people and a lot of people that, you know, get past a point of just relying on exercise and or healthy living to be about how they look. It's really because they know it, it generates how they feel. It generates their energy, their mood, confidence. Like I feel so much more confident when I'm in routine. And routine is so sexy to me. And it's not about being like chained to your routine, but you want to be committed to your routine. I also do not use words like diet. I do not, I hate cheat meal, cheat day, all that shit. Stop calling it a cheat. Mm-hmm. There's people in the world mm-hmm. that don't have access to food. Like you sound like a brat. And like, I just 100. think everyone um. needs to get so much more realistic. Like people really lack discipline because I think discipline sounds like such an aggressive word. So maybe we can say commitment versus mm-hmm. like discipline. But if your goal really is to like change your body and do amazing things, you cannot just focus on working out and not address your eating. And you also like, if you just focus on your eating, you also need to focus on working out because you want your body to be strong and toned at the same time. It needs to be supported. But all of these things are really about creating a really healthy foundation for everything else in your life. You know, energy, confidence, the way you interact with other people. If you're going to be a mom, you know, going to be a dad, like being supportive for your children. It's just, we need to get a little more committed than we mm. are. It's not that hard. And people forget about the power of momentum. I think like momentum was my favorite word for the second half of last year. And I'm keeping it for this year because momentum is, it's sexy. And I think even when you're around people that have momentum, it's quite intoxicating for you and you want to get on board with it. And like, there's nothing cooler than like seeing people achieve their goals, you know, and being rather than 
maybe being envious or jealous of it, just being motivated and being like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you see their glow up and then be like, okay, what am I going to be on? What path am I on to be on my glow up? And like, what am I really doing about it? So we touched a little bit on um, exercise. We didn't mm-hmm. go into detail about what type of exercise is right for people. And I think that's something that we should talk about because yeah, please. <laughs> one of the biggest things we see with goals is people bring in like an image of something. They're like, I need to be Bella Hadid. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> um, everyone's body is different. Everyone's body is so different. You might be, have the ability to have the most amazing legs and butt, or you might have a killer core. You might have incredible arms. You might have insane speed incredible strength it can be anything there's certain things you can work with like parameters within yourself and there's certain things that might not be as achievable for your body and I think the most important thing is don't become glued to a mood board of all these other people that aren't you it's really important to start looking at yourself and being on that journey with yourself and being like okay like I feel unconfident about how my arms look and all these things. Like, what can I do to strengthen my arms? Like, what nutrition changes can I make? You know, what are going to be the best workouts for me? Ways that we can tell if a workout regime that we're doing is good for us is how well we recover. Like, if you're looking inflamed, if it looks like there's a lot of fluid on the muscle all the time, which a lot of people can get from high intensity and, you know, things like that. Like, high intensity works very well for my body but only when I do it in the prescribed dose, which is no more than three times a week. And I might take high intensity out when it's closer to my period coming. And then, you know, when I've just had my cycle, I'm going to go crazy. I can, I can full go high intensity again, but you need to take a little bit of time to get to know your body and understand what exercise works for it. And people always say they don't know, but if you pay attention to your body, you will know, like, again, like I say, how are you recovering? Like, what's your muscle soreness like? Do you actually feel good from the exercise? There's no point punishing yourself trying to do a type of workout because maybe you saw it on TikTok or Instagram and stuff, but it's like, is it right for my body? And, you know, there's some general things like yoga, mat Pilates, which are great for everyone. Strength Mm -hmm. training, I feel like is great for everyone, but strength training can be so different. You know, a lot of people, if you say strength training, they still think about bodybuilding, which is a very extreme case scenario, but Typically, especially for women, strength training should be like a backbone and it has to be somewhere in your schedule. And, you know, if you're a crazy runner and you love running, strength training is only going to benefit you. And Mm. if you're going to be a mom, strength training is going to be incredible for you. But strength will give you this nice base level. And then within strength, you can figure out, depending on what your goals are, like what type of strength training you're doing. Do you have any advice for, because I think strength, Training, especially for women, can be really intimidating. Yeah. I know I feel that way when I walk into it because it's like, one, like I don't know how any of the machines work. And then yeah. I don't know. I think there's this fear of like lifting heavy is going to bulk you up. So then, like, I don't know how to approach like strength training. Really. I think that's the biggest fear in general is one, not knowing what you're doing, and two, not knowing what reaction it's going to have for your body. That's why I was kind of referencing inflammation because. If your body is always inflamed, it means you're just not giving it enough time to recover. Um, But in regards to not knowing what to do in the gym, I always say to people, hey, if you don't actually want to work with a trainer all the time because it can be really expensive or availability of trainer, whatever, get someone to set the program for you and do a couple of sessions with them so you get really confident. And I would have like two different weight training programs you can do, like an A and a B. And so see a trainer for two to three sessions or something, get confident with your technique. And then you also know how to use, like those workouts probably include like eight or nine different exercises, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe more. And then that's, so amongst two workouts, you've got like, let's say 20 different exercises, things that you're confident to do in the gym. And the more that you practice using these machines, the more, or it's freestanding cables, things like that, the more confident you're going to get. And you also give your body an opportunity to test out enough different moves because we're also quick to judge. Like I, I hate spin because we had one bad spin class mm-hmm. or I hate strength training because I was sore the next day. It's like, yeah, you probably are going to be sore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's allowing yourself some grace. Like you don't need to know exactly what you're doing the first time. It's like when you go and learn a sport, you have to learn the rules, you have to learn the techniques, you know, and then develop your skills. It's the same in the gym. You're just learning, learning how it works. How many reps do I do? What weight am I doing it? 
and pay attention. Because I think the biggest thing we see in the gym is that it, especially usually when people have trainers, they're just like, okay, I don't have to pay attention because mm-hmm. I'm paying this trainer yeah. to do it for me, which sure you are, but you should also know because then yeah. you're getting the most bang for your buck from that session because then you might be away traveling or something and you want to be able to replicate that workout knowing you're doing the right weights, the right number of reps. And yeah, especially having, if the, having like, the machine set, right. If it's unsustainable for, and I would say most people to have like ongoing personal training, mm. I uh, have sporadic personal training because my personal trainer is a celebrity to the stars. So she's really busy and she squeezes me in when she can. But what I actually found was so helpful with you um, was like I would identify like these problem areas. Like I have, you know, the brown girl, South Asian, like tummy pooch and like arm, like arm little fat pocket and like um, hip, like roll of fat, you know, like there's certain things you know about your body, right? And we would do, Kirsty and I would like do these exercises, but what I think was really helpful and you should be looking for in your personal training sessions, especially if you're doing just one or two is like, she'd be like, see, like when you put your hand on my, um, you know, like on my waist and be yeah, like, when we would do this and like when we're doing our pull downs <laughs> and you would wrap your other hand around so you could feel the right muscle the, engaging. Exactly. And it's like feeling, having someone who can communicate like, see the way this muscle feels when it contracts. Now, like when I go to do other classes, anything else that I do, I'm hyper aware of what that's supposed to feel like. And before us working together, I never knew what that felt like. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to then like, you know, only be in your class and work out with you yeah, all the time. It's like that can then be applied to yes. everything I'm doing. And that's my favorite thing with trainers because it's the same thing like you know if you can get someone that can communicate to you in a way that you understand and you can feel the difference you then that's like a little skill set that you take with you wherever you go because the reality is like even if you have a trainer that can see you regularly like you're going to travel or they're going to travel you know and you will need to filter in some other workouts while they're away so if you can self-monitor and I think we all need to have the ability to self-monitor because as we saw, you know, during COVID, everyone did online workouts and a lot of people say they got into the best shape of their life, but um, which was really cool. But I think also people were just paying more attention because they were so excited. That was like an event during their day was their workout. So mm-hmm. my biggest thing is like when people train with me in the gym, you're not on your phone. Like you're not on your phone and we're really getting the work done and we're going to both be as involved in the session as each other, you know, even though you're doing mm-hmm. the work because you need to remember exactly what like it's your goals we're just working towards them so I want you to always leave feeling really good and also yes you feel good from the workout you did but you feel good because you're like oh now I know what to do with that machine so I think speaking that of being like kind of, on your phone yeah. I have to ask because it is LA do you have any training horror stories no names that you can share <laughs> we want tea we want I'm trying tea. to think I'm trying to think if I have any from here or, I mean, I've definitely had a lot over the space in my career. You know, there's nothing like when you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm going to meet this person. And then you're like, oh, wow, I wish I never met that person. Um, What's a KG deal breaker? Like what gets somebody thrown out of your class? Oh, being on your phone in my class. Like I used to teach high intensity classes in New York and Mm -hmm. they were always sold out. It was a pretty, it was like a pretty small room. And I would keep it at a smaller number so everyone that was in the workout would get the best workout and people would keep coming in, bringing like their handbag in, their coffee, their phone. And I was like, what the fuck is all this shit in here? Like there's lockers outside. And I'd be like, you need to put all your stuff in the locker. And um, guys, like no phones in the room because we're doing battle ropes, you're doing burpees off the wall. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much happening. And I was like, if you want your phone to get smashed, for sure, leave it in here. Like that's probably going to happen. But I just think it's so disruptive to everyone else in the class if someone's on their phone. So my thing is, I'm like, hey, there were people that were on the wait list to be in this class that didn't get in. I appreciate if people like want to story their workouts for their audience or their following, mm-hmm. or like maybe they think they're doing you a favor. But I'm also like, yo, I don't want you to do that. Like, thank you. But I just mm-hmm. want you to enjoy the workout. And I want everyone around you to enjoy the workout. And I want 100% of your attention. What's the protocol around that now? Because so many people film training. Would you say that like a conversation needs to be had or is it something where like they can say to you at the end of the session, can we just get a one recording or 
yeah you know, and like what's, honestly what's like, like the... I don't mind if people like kind of quickly film while I'm demonstrating or doing things it's not even like it's a hard hard rule like I've definitely I'm known for having kicked some people out of my classes over the years because of attitude <laughs> you know but like it's only because I care so much about everyone that's in the room and like I don't need you to be here you know yeah like I'm I'm fine but if your attitude is not right like you there are a million other classes you can go to yeah um but if you're going to be in my class, I'm going to care about you a lot. And I really want you to have the best experience. So I typically just at the beginning will be like, Hey guys, like just, you know, make sure your stuff is all like somewhere safe to the side. So you're not going to jump on it. I think during COVID, obviously, and since we've come back from COVID, whenever I've taught group fitness classes, everyone stayed on their own mat and had their equipment, which makes it a lot easier. But if you're circuit training and you're going around the no, room, no. it gets a lot harder because you leave your stuff in one place and whatever happens, it just becomes a bit of a mess. I also but think yeah. it's disrespectful to yourself because it's like you gave yourself this one hour window or, you know, like $60 fitness class. Like you're spending a lot of money to be there. You're like taking time out of your day. So just actually commit that to yeah, whatever it is there. you're looking you know, for. I only film my clients when I have videos of them because we have no mirrors in the gym. So actually the videos I end up having are because I'm filming something to then put into programming for when we're not together or to be able to show them something that like, hey, you can see where your abs are really working from here. You can see this, blah, blah, blah. Show them technique because we have no mirrors. But I know a lot of trainers obsessively film people that they train as well, especially if they are high profile. And I also like, I kind of don't like that because I'm like, no, these poor kids, they get filmed all the time. Like this is their me time. Like just let them be in it. Um, also but- like no one looks good. At- I- I'm sorry. I don't care how hot you are. It's a general rule that no one is looking good while they're working out. Like, mm-hmm. I used to do these, like, workout classes with brands and then they'd send you a Dropbox after of, like, the absolute shitter photos. Like, the worst photos you've ever seen of your life. Like, sweaty eyes. Because I'm like, I don't want these. I'm not sharing these. I'm never going to post uh, well, them. It's, it's like, definitely <laughs> one of the things that I try and argue with anytime if I do a brand, like, fitness event. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, your photographer and videographer can take some photos of people in the beginning and the end. But, like, don't make people self-conscious and definitely yeah. do not get in my way. Cause I've run into like a videographer before when I'm teaching like workouts. So I'm like, what are you doing? Like, There's you one know? studio in LA that's notorious for filming, like unwarranted filming. And I was talking to our mutual friend Marta about it the other day. Cause she was like, man, like I went to a class and they did this thing again where they were, f- they filmed like the majority of the class and it's a heated class. So like you're sweating, like, no one wants to be filmed in that situation. And you're like, please, this is not content the world needs to see. Like me huffing and puffing and like downward dogs sweating through my workout clothes. Not hot, not cute. <laughs> I just don't think it's what you pay for. You know, if you've paid to go to a class, like I think there's even a fine line, even when you go to a brand class and brands think that that means that they can film the whole class. It's like, no, you invited me to a workout, not like a video shoot. But my personal opinion, I respect nothing more than workout time so my whole goal with any workout that I teach whether it's a one-on-one a small group or a bigger group is like I just want you to come and feel like it's a safe environment so whatever mood you're in that day you can come in and we can try and like clean that up a little bit I think we're all a little hard on ourselves, and like if we can use our workout time to ultimately like enjoy and reap the benefits of it rather than feeling self-conscious because there's a camera there the moment we feel self-conscious we also start to change our posture and change the way that our body experiences the workout you know we breathe differently mm-hmm. our core doesn't feel it the same so as much like that's why the environment that you work out in is also super important we talked about um common mistakes with goal setting are there like kind of common things that people do necessarily with like diet and fitness that you're like yes I don't know why everybody thinks this is the go-to for improving or getting better results. Like this is wrong. Yes. I mean, I also love to be very honest and, and vulnerable about, you know, the experience I've had with my body. Um, I grew up in New Zealand where the food is very clean and amazing and I'm celiac. So I naturally grew up disciplined because I have a pretty high threat situation. If I, if I deviate Mm -hmm. from my rules. Um, But I also then, you know, once I got out of university was when I got into training and then I became keto and I kind of followed strict keto for seven years without really dipping out of it because I'm so used to having to be disciplined with my food and pay attention. She's an to early adopter, guys. This is before <laughs> keto was cool. 
Kirsty's always been an early adopter. <laughs> she well, was I doing know, keto I, before it was even called keto. I'm sure no, she. No. <laughs> and honestly, though, I have to say, for me, it was mm-hmm. amazing at the time because I was like, oh, I love having this plan to follow. And it actually, I don't eat a lot of the things it removes anyway. So it was mm-hmm. easier for me. Yeah. I was actually eating more than I usually would, but you're eating very healthy. But the problem is, you're eating very low carb. And on top of that, I was teaching a lot of high intensity from my job at, at Les Mills to my job at Nike. And I worked full time as a brand manager. And I was just an exercise enthusiast. It's outside all of the classes that I was teaching. I was strength training all the time with my trainer. And my body fat just plummeted like it really did. And I didn't kind of get control of it early enough on. So when I turned 30, I literally turned 30 and I got shingles the next week. Now, shingles is like a virus in the nerves, and it often happens if you're incredibly run down. And the worst thing was, well, first of all, probably a bad thing I did. I went to Drake three times in one week when I got (laughs) shingles. And I was like, I got to go. Like, my friends had got me tickets to these different shows for my birthday. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And it was really fun, um, even though it was super painful, because I got shingles in my sciatic nerve. So it ran straight down, like, from my hip, like, all down the back of one leg. And I really was having a tough time. Um, Cassie was like, just hold on. We're going straight to the emergency room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was a really eye-opening experience for me because um, unfortunately I had to keep doing the parts of my job. I was teaching classes and training people one-on-one, but my own training was very much just yoga. And I worked with my private Pilates trainer in New York. And um, I did a lot of rehab and I just learned this insane respect for my body but the fallout of the shingles was like, it was just the, the tip of the iceberg because then I had to deal with the fact that I'd completely trashed my hormones for all of my 20s. So going, you know, anyone that's had hormonal issues in the sense where you, maybe you first start to notice like you're very tired because your adrenals mm-hmm. and cortisol are completely off, but then you might notice your body is much more inflamed. And I think that was where I felt very self-conscious because, you know, I was doing these things like filming all my programs for Nike, being in campaigns, being on show all these things teaching classes and I just was like I don't look like myself like there's mm-hmm. something wrong here and I was used to being seven to eight percent body fat so it was very different um and it was really just my body trying to like give me a signal it's like help me out here like you've been too disciplined for too long you can't have you can't create rules without reason for your body and you know it's a big thing we talk about whenever we work with athletes it's like if they need to be a certain body fat for a competition for a certain amount of time, there is a time limit on that. You pull them in and out of these extreme phases. And I think what so many of us are trying to do, especially women, is we, we all of these tiny bodies we see on social media, we're trying to hold ourselves in this unreasonable range for so long. And there are long-term ramifications from that. You know, I'm into year three of my hormone sort of recovery period now, and I still have to work on my thyroid, which got taken out. And you know, let me tell you guys about not thinking anyone is attractive for many years when you have no oh hormones. God. And then you get hormones back, you're like, holy shit, people are hot. What is going on? Um, I remember was- the day your hormones came back and you were like, wow, like light switched on. Everyone's sexy. Oh <laughs> Everyone's sexy. And then it was like COVID lockdown. I was like, oh, but um, <laughs> I was like, that's a bit of a bummer. But um, anyway, I just try and the reason I bring this up is because this is not a one-off experience. This happens all the time. And I just wish that we could have a, a slightly more reasonable approach with our bodies. Like we often, like I say, we pick numbers that we want our weight to be or our body fat to be, but with no purpose attached to it or no realisticness attached. So it's what are the what is the cost of me taking Ozempic? What is the cost of me trying to have my body be like this? Because, you know, Ideally, in the long run, we want to look and feel good for as long as possible in our life and and keep also our organs on the inside feeling very good and our hormones happy and especially our thyroid happy as we've learned. You know, Amrit's also worked with thyroid things and we know how much Mm -hmm. it can totally change your outlook on everything about yourself. So um, if if you are Definitely the thing that surprised me with that too is like it fluctuates so much. So like even within the one year span of me getting on medication, like I've had to change that dose three times. And I think so many people are like, yeah, I got it checked. It's like, but unfortunately, and it sucks that the healthcare system here blows because, you know, everything's so expensive. But 
you do really need to be regularly check, regulating and checking because even just like within yeah. a short period of time, I've changed my dosage of medication like three times, you know, and it's yeah. just due to like levels changing. Yeah. And I think, you know, even we could give people, I think a super helpful thing. It's like, okay, so we don't, I, I think ideally we always want to be motivating, you know, like there's a lesson in everything. And I think as long as we learn, that's the gift. Like I had a huge learning from that whole experience and it's actually helped me help a lot of my clients or a lot of other people that I connect with on social media. So um, one of the most valuable things that I did was called the Dutch plus test. And you can find that online. It is kind of expensive the first time you do it, but um, you basically across the period of two days, you take urine and saliva samples and then that gets an accurate snapshot. You do like five samples a day and you get this snapshot of how your hormones are and where they're sitting and it's really interesting if you do that and you pair it with a blood test and you can work with a doctor just to look at it that will give you such amazing information about your body and really be a great place to start um i think if if it comes to if you really want to be dialed in with your body you know you should be getting blood tests i know it's not super cheap and i know it's not that easy it's honestly healthcare here really is tragic like from where we're from it's a lot easier but um a lot easier getting getting those regular check-ins um taking some understanding, like track your cycle. So obviously this is specific to the woman, but track your cycle so that you know, that's also just helpful, by the way, if you're having an incoming terrible mood, you're like, ah, everything's wrong. And you're like, oh wait, that makes sense. You know? My cycle is be- so fucked right now. Like I don't know <laughs> where anything is anymore. And it's like, every time I go into the doctors, they're like, when was your last period? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, well, I had two well, miscarriages before this. You had, you had this. an interesting year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I really don't know what my cycle is. Like my cycle has been gone for like the last two years. And that'll be an interesting journey even, you know, post, post baby. But I think, you know, th- that's a super helpful thing to do as well is just understanding your hormones. Hormones, by the way, are ever changing. And it's like this horrible game that always keeps you on your toes. Um, but yeah, so getting your blood test, checking that stuff, pay attention to your gut microbiome. It's honestly, it's so important. I think we we make many other things more important than understanding where our hormone levels are at, like, you know, how our blood test is looking and how our gut microbiome is looking because your gut microbiome changes all the time. And actually, if you're like me and you're a super routine eater and you're really healthy and you stick to the meals that you love, we actually need to be more adventurous because you need to be introducing different, like they say like 30 different plants a week, bearing in mind that like a nut can be a plant, a spice can be a plant and to make sure that you have enough diversity in your gut microbiome so that you keep getting the changes that you need to stay healthy and fresh in there. So being super routine all the time, like if you're a meal prepper, just make sure you're adding enough variety in. And if you're someone that's looking to shift your relationship with food, be excited about it. You have all the benefits to reap. Like if you're starting from a place where you're like, I know I'm not that great to my body. I don't eat that well. I don't have an amazing relationship with food. But if you're like, I love food. I don't want to give these things up. It's not about giving things up. It's about changing proportions. It's changing frequencies. It's, you know, thinking about timing of your eating. Um, I'm not a huge fan of intermittent fasting because it can be chaotic for women with their hormones. Um, this, a lot of the studies have actually been done on men for fasting, but I do also think you should have a cutoff time with how close you eat towards going to bed because you want your sleep to be really good. And your sleep is when your gut actually gets the biggest time to sort of do the cleaning out that it needs to do. So I think if you're about to do an overhaul on your diet and nutrition, don't think about it as a punishing time. It's a super exciting time. It's a great time to get creative with your cooking. One of the easiest hacks to help your body change very quickly is just by cooking more of your meals. Because eating out is just like going to a theme mm-hmm. park. You have no idea what's going to be in there. You don't know what the oils are. You don't know what type of salt it is, how much salt, whatever else is in there. There's a reason most things taste amazing at restaurants because there's just so much more stuff in there than you could ever imagine. And then just reading ingredients. Like that's a simple thing that you can do whenever you pick something up. Just like read your ingredients. At the end of the day, it's not about taking away everything that you enjoy in your life. But if your major goal and you think you're going to get so much more joy from having this goal of being like, hey, I look and I feel really great. It's so easy to stick to a way of eating and a way of moving mm-hmm. and a way of being because you understand and you experience how good it feels. Most of us often don't get to that point because we kind of let ourselves fall short. We're like, oh, it's just one more day. It's just one more thing. It's this, it's this. Things are going to pop up mm-hmm. and you should enjoy your life 100%. But just 
have some accountability checks in there just to be like, how many times have I kind of let that goal slip? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and being like, I love that you said, you know, not taking that joy, joy away and knowing what you need, because for me personally, I need a little sweet treat. Like that's just the way I am. And it doesn't matter what kind of diet I'm on. Like I know for me to be sustainably on something and, you know, like I've done like whole 30 clean program and still been like, okay, what is like the, I know that I need a sweet treat at 4 PM. So like, what can I have? Like with the clean program, it was like, I was just having like hot water and matcha. And that was like my sweet treat at 4 PM. But like knowing like, it's almost like tricking myself. I'm like, I get a reward. Like, you know, the reward might not be like a Maltese bar or 12 bar, but it's something that like I feel like I'm getting joy from that's like allowed yeah. within whatever infrastructure of what I'm of of meal plan or food plan that I'm trying out, right? It's like yeah. knowing like be, what you're gonna reach for, what you need. Yes, because the whole goal is that you get to a point, and this gets easier, I think, at different ages in your life, is removing the obsessiveness. Because the obsessiveness is what will drive you crazy. And the more stressed you are about anything that you're doing, the less results you're going to get. The female Mm -hmm. body especially is always at its best when it's really relaxed and happy. Not relaxed in the sense of dormant, like not working out or doing (laughs) anything, but when it's not radiating with stress. So the more that we can kind of eliminate stress, stress around food, stress around nutrition, stress around relationships, like honestly... One of your goals, if you really want to be great to your body, like do an energy cleanse, like figure out the dead weight that's kind of lurking around your life, clean up some uncomfortable conversations that need to be cleaned up. Like really, you need to do that audit because it's so draining on you without you even realizing. Like it's like all these open tabs, you know, things where you're like, oh, like I feel icky about that, but I'm just going to avoid it. It's like you deserve to kind of have as much kind of freedom as you can. Um, Mm -hmm. and and access to your own energy like put yourself first a little bit like you know just just be good to yourself and you will honestly be shocked at the rewards and it shouldn't be a strangle and you shouldn't don't don't be insufferable insufferable is one of Amrit's favorite words but it's like you know don't don't be horrible to yourself to be around Mm -hmm. because that's that's the main thing like I just have seen it too many times and I've also done it where we bully our bodies and it won't take you anywhere special I promise you that much the open tabs is such a good analogy because it really, like, we do. We're all, like, running with so many open tabs. One of the things I'm trying to do this year, and I and I didn't really, like, you know, do a big, like, 2023 new year, new me because I know myself and I just set kind of more, like, life changes in the, in the person I want to be and then let, like, financial and um, energy and, like, health and stuff, like, kind of trickle off from, like, the, like, core value stuff is to attack, is, like, I'm a procrastinator and so I like write this list now and then I just identify the thing that I don't want to do the most and I start there. Oh, I love and that. So, so it's so like good. non-specific to like, it wasn't like I need to lose X amount of weight and I need to look like this or I need to um have X amount of money. It's more like, okay, what am I putting off? What have I been avoiding? Like, what do I know I need to do? How can I reframe? It's like also good though. too, because I think procrastination is something that many of us are guilty at, especially me. Like I always am working on execution, you know, so I kind of have this rule of like, if I have the ability to do it now, then I have to do it. Even if that's replying to an email or something, because it's the putting off, the putting off, the putting off. It's annoying. It just sits there waiting for you to deal with it. But I'm also focusing on boundaries a lot because I talk all day to people about setting their boundaries and, you mm-hmm. know, being accountable to themselves. But then I let my boundaries get violated all the time and Amrit's been super helpful for me with changing that relationship and I because I'm like no heart I'm like no she's so good if she doesn't want to do something she'll literally reply to be like no with a heart emoji and I'm like I love that because it's direct but it's soft and I respect I love saying no I just don't want to do any of like by the way if someone doesn't respect when you set a boundary Mm -hmm. unless you're being absolutely ridiculous like it's not for you you know like it's Mm -hmm. And so boundaries are, I, in this podcast I once listened to, it was talking about how like when you, when you set boundaries a lot of the time, it's actually so that you can be closer to that person or closer to something else because you're saying like, hey, this is something that like really derails me or triggers me or something mm-hmm. that, you know, I need or don't need. And it's allowing you to then have a more seamless relationship with the people around you or whatever it is. But don't, yeah, know what your boundaries are, be better at setting them because I think we spend 
time getting angry at other people. They're like, you're like, they violated my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, did they or did you let yourself internally slip on it? Because maybe they were never identified. And I know for me, when I, the moment I reduce stress, it's like anything I've been trying to like eat my way out or exercise my way into, like my lower abdomen just loses inflammation straight away. I'm like, oh, I just needed to like deal with life stress. Mm-hmm. So oh, don't so underestimate how boundaries might help your abs. <laughs> <laughs> we love the our boundaries, abs, the unhinged crash course. Um, also saying no to yourself because like I got back from vacation and I was like, I'm going to return to work on this day and this is when things are going to start. And then I realized that that was not going to happen. I was like, okay, I'm re- no, you're really not going to start on that day because you're tired, you're run down, you haven't unpacked, you're pregnant, you're swollen, you blah, 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 long list. You're beautiful, so I, like, you're sexy, iconic, <laughs> stunning. <laughs> so then I like changed. I, I was like, okay, this is the new start day. And, you know, I got up and I started on that day because like that was what I, I needed to say no to myself because I had set an unrealistic expectation that I was going to land back after three weeks. And being the mind frame to like just jump straight into work. It's like, are you crazy? Yes, I'm I crazy, mean, expe- but... expectations <laughs> are just often a trap in general. You know, we have a lot with ourselves. We have a lot with other people and they often lead to like let down. But um, I think it's really important just to be honest with yourself about where you're at. And then there's days where you have to saddle up and make it happen. And then sometimes there's days where you have to, you know, have a little bit more grace and be gentle with yourself. One thing I think is super helpful too, that like I've been working on and I've been talking to other friends about is just seeing whenever I get really worked up about something I'm like well what is this really about and mm-hmm. it typically comes back to something else and it helps me just decode a little bit but it helps me really again prioritize like how Amber was saying she's a big procrastinator and it's like you might have a blow up about something and think that it's really to do with that situation but you're like it's this lurking thing back here which is one of your like core triggers because you're like it's something that you don't take care of you know or don't get done or don't so I think it's I always just try and use a pause method where when I get really heated in the moment, I step sideways, even if it's heated with myself, judgmental at myself, I step sideways and I'm like, what is this really about? Mm -hmm. And then from a slightly calmer perspective, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to try and deal with it. And it's just, you know, being on your own team a little bit more and also being honest with yourself. I find that helpful with comparison because I notice a lot of the times if like I'm feeling insecure or I feel you know, not good enough about a certain situation, I'll be like comparing myself or I'll like say something catty about someone or like put them down. And then I'm like, what is this even yeah. about? Like, I don't really even yeah. think like that, you know? Yeah, you don't. I don't think that about that person. Like it's like coming from my own insecurity and I don't want to be this, like I'm not a nasty person. I don't even want to like yeah. have that type of think, thought or say something like that. It's like, that's I think just comparison, like about, it's like a, yeah. yeah. It's like a lazy place that our brain goes to, you know, when we're feeling a little bit down about something. But the same way, it's, I always remember, it's like two things can be true at the same time. Like someone can be great and you can also be great. Mm-hmm. You know, one doesn't cancel the other out. And it never feels good to talk nasty about people or think nasty about people. And it definitely never feels good to think nasty about yourself. So the more you can sort of like establish your own confidence is, um, and not, it's not even being narcissistic. It's just feeling proud of yourself and feeling confident in yourself. That will help you with all of those other emotions that can come in, you know, like comparison, comparison is, it's impossible to avoid essentially because we have everyone promoting themselves in our face all the time. But yeah. one of, one of the things that makes me the happiest truly in my life, and I think has really helped me in my career is I genuinely am happy for other people. Like, I'm so proud of my friends. I'm like such a Leo. I'm literally so proud of my friends all the time. But I also like love to support and cheerlead other people in the fitness community who people might be like, oh, they're your competitors. And I'm like, they're not my competitors. Like, we're all trying to like, ideally, like work towards this, the same goal of like trying to make people healthier. And the more, yeah, the more that you can, I think, focusing on your confidence over comparison to other people, because stop getting distracted in other people's life like you're giving mm-hmm. them so much attention and energy you deserve that attention you know yeah focus on you do the things that are going to help build up your character build your growth focus towards your goals um and you'll feel so much better for it especially if you're becoming a new parent I think that that is such a a really big trap to fall down because you're like it's a new space, right? You don't know what you're doing. So you, so you have to look around because you're like blindly in this yes. like new situation. You're like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I looked at John the other day and I said, we have to bring a baby home in like seven weeks. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited because I get to learn through you guys. But you know, he's more experienced than me. Like I've never. This morning we were looking at um, changing tables with like the with like attached to dresses, and we were like comparing sizes. And he was like, "Oh, like this is a this is a better size. This like is a better format because like you know you need X amount of things at the top." And I just like looked at him and I was like, "I haven't (laughs) even changed a diaper before. No lie, I've never changed a diaper." So, Neither I. you know, like you do like, you go on these like deep rabbit holes of like the perfect mom on Instagram, social media, and you're like, fuck, like I know nothing. I know nothing. This baby's going to come out. I'd be like, stay in there. And it's, it's hard <laughs> to not to get derailed into that, especially when it's, you know, learning a new skill or like a really big life change where you don't want to compare, but then obviously you are looking around because you're trying to learn. And you're trying to figure out what you need to know. Um, so it's yeah. also an incredibly fun time though, because, you know, like gathering and acquiring skills is so cool. It's like such a fun thing for your brain. And I think it's really good for motivation and confidence. And even though it feels, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you'd start a new job and for the first two months, you'd be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I hope no one realizes that I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, Working so in I corporate think- America has really empowered me to know that no one knows what the fuck they're doing. And you just kind of need to like fake it till you make it a little bit because I remember in the beginning of my career being so afraid to ask for opportunities or feeling like I was underqualified. And then I'd see all these people walk into the room who with like one eighth of the knowledge I knew and experience I knew and just like blindly ask for things and get it. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you have to speak up. I mean, I'm scammed to the top, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) scammed. I mean, it's such, to a, the top. It's, a, it's such a New Zealand thing too. People are like, oh yeah, you're really good at that. We'll be like, oh, I'm not that good. No, I'm really I, not that oh good. My God, but, it yeah. really is like Australians and you, because you know what it is? It's like. Tall poppy syndrome. And we're like, we have self-deprecating humor. So. Yeah. It, it, but then like, it obviously embeds in your brain a little bit, but I'm watching, I were, well, we, we were watching the um, Bernie Madoff documentary series on Netflix and Bernie ran, uh, walked so Anna Delvey could run. Like, the, the scammery that was happening is insane. Um, and sometimes I, like, find those documentaries almost a little inspiring. Not to go and steal from people, but I'm like, you need to have more confidence in yourself. Look at all these people out here. Just uh, take, take, take. People have, you know, we were talking about ambition the other day on our walk. We were talking about Mm -hmm. moderate ambition. Um, (laughs) We were talking, you know, but I think it is having perhaps a little more ambition and Mm -hmm. like, you know, or just like owning some of your ambition. Because I think a lot of us internally have it, but we don't realize that next step in our plan is that, okay, you have to be able to communicate some of these things that you really want or they're not going to land in your lap or people might never know that you even want to do that. So you have to be able to be vocal to a point. For sure. Uh, That, that is definitely one way. It's like people might not never even want to know, you know, you just have to put yourself out there. Um, On a like a little wrap up of KG's recommendations of, I don't know, like maybe products you like in the wellness space. Obviously we have made of your protein powder, which I'm a huge fan of. And I don't even like, I hate protein like powder, like supplemental type bullshit. I think that's so not my world, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about Madoff because. Yeah. So um, Madoff, not to be um, confused with the Bernie Madoff uh, that we were just talking <laughs> about, but um, I know very funny, similar comparison. Um, so I made my own protein powder because I'm from New Zealand. We have incredible like grass fed dairy. And so it's a grass fed New Zealand whey protein isolate. And Basically, um, I do not like how many, so many protein powders have so many ingredients, really ingredients that you don't need, and then quantities of the stuff that you want in, in very small proportions. So our vanilla has four ingredients, our chocolate has five ingredients, and chocolate only has five because you mix vanilla and chocolate together to get this beautiful chocolate flavor. But um, it's really I made made of because, and it's called made of because I want people to understand what their food is made of. And the call to action is really just like whether or not you're buying or using my protein, please just read ingredients and understand them for, because 
whatever's going on in your body dramatically impacts everything else that's happening with your energy, your mood, digestion, how you feel, and how your body gets supported. So um, it's been a game changer for me. I mean, I've spent many years traveling around the world for Nike and being in countries where I really can't eat that much food, being celiac. So like having a high quality protein powder is kind of a saving grace for me. But it's also whether or not you're a workout enthusiast, it's also great for smoothies if that's what you prefer to have for breakfast or I have a lot of clients who are moms who are just like I'm struggling to get enough food and being a new mom and so it's it's been really cool to have made of um as a product that's out there and I'm really proud of it the ingredients are awesome I think there's a lot of bullshit in the fitness industry and the wellness industry and supplements but my product is not one of them um other things that I love is I do love a good collagen powder um I'm currently using this one by Oslo Skin Labs and it's amazing. Nikki actually put me onto it. Her hair was growing like crazy. I was like, well, we need to try this. I want to um, know and compare comparatively to Holy Mane because I'm a Holy Mane girl. I've never I've... tried Holy Mane, but I okay, know that you I'll love Holy Mane and, mm-hmm. and your skin and hair looks great. So um, other things I love, honestly, are the Hyperice Normatec boots. I think if you're a workout enthusiast or you're on your feet a lot or you're walking a lot, they're so fun. You can just put them on like if you have them at home with your legs elevated on the couch while you're watching something or you're doing something on your laptop and really helps to just um, flush some of the fluid out of your legs. So my preference is level three on those because you don't want to put it on the next level and then that no movement can happen through the leg. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I've honestly, been doing it actually since I've been pregnant because my my legs and feet yeah. are so swollen. Like, yeah, to the point where it's I'm like really wearing great. shoes one size up. So yeah, it really yeah, works. I'm sure. Yeah, I think they're awesome. Obviously, they're a little bit expensive, but maybe a gym you go to has them and you can have access. Maybe a friend has them and you can pop over to their house. Um, and then one other thing that I would say that I'm absolutely obsessed with is my infrared lights. And I actually bought them. Oh, you love I that thing. Knocked out. I love it so much. I got um, concussed by a 45-pound barbell hit me in the head. So that was super cool. Um, <laughs> but it grew hair back on my head. It was like, in here and it's amazing for your skin but you, I also use it during my shingles you can use it for recoveries I have one by this brand called Saluma it's actually a medical grade infrared light and it's a bendable panel so you can bend it either over your face around your hip whatever you wherever you need to use it super easy to travel with again kind of expensive but I would say cost per use definitely has paid itself off over the last mm-hmm. four and a half years and is definitely a secret to the uh, glowing skin Oh my God, I need one of these. Okay, by the way, we're going to um, include a list of all these items in the episode description and hopefully some non-affiliate discount codes. We'll just tr- see if we can get some. Just, you know, yeah, give everybody a little bit of a kickback. <laughs> um, I love to ask. Um, and okay, so those, those are at KG's top wellness. What about like books or podcasts? No, actually, we're not going to do podcasts. This is the only one that matters. This is the only podcast um, that matters. Um, <laughs> books, I honestly love. I love this author called Tim Grover. If you really need to kick up the ass, you should read Winning and Relentless by Tim Grover. He's absolutely amazing. Um, if you're struggling with ha- habits, you could try Atomic Habits as a great book. Um, I'm actually reading The Laws of Human Nature at the moment, which is a very long book to get through. Um and Hamra actually recommended I have a book right next to me that she made me buy a while ago called Nonviolent Communication. Oh, we talk about that on the pod a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually will say it has some good tidbits in there that really help you. Um, but honestly, I really think that if you are the kind of person that wants to just a little, it's kind of a little tough love on yourself, I'd really recommend those Tim Grover books. They're amazing. Okay. I think I've actually read one of, I think I went, I read he was an amazing coach you know to like Kobe and Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan and stuff and he's really like yeah he talks a lot about you know he's like I'm sick of people talking about it's it's 90% about showing up and he's like it's really not like you can still Mm -hmm. show up and like suck like which is what we're talking about going into the gym not being like I'm just doing cardio today it's like I'm doing cardio I'm going to be on the treadmill doing these intervals blah blah like having the details set so that you can make sure that you deliver on the goals that you've set for yourself Absolutely. And that's why I think even just having this conversation about the books and stuff like that, it's, it's a mi- mindset is half of it, right? It's like starts. Absolutely. You have to believe in yourself. I think there's so many things that derail us every day. So that's why I always try and put things into my day to make me feel good. Like I know I need to work out or even if I'm on a rest day, I'm going to stretch or walk or something. 
I know I need to like read a little bit of a book or do something, talk to my friends. But like, if I just sit and scroll on social media a day and just try and like do my other work, like I don't fall into a great mental pattern. Mm-hmm. So like put your music on, you know, like it's, it's just, yeah, do the, do the little things that like jazz you up mentally and make you feel good. Having come off a digital detox, guys, I can't recommend it enough. And actually I had two of my really, really good girlfriends do a similar one. Um, one of my friends, Alyssa, is actually still in El Salvador. She hadn't been online since December 22nd. and I'm so proud friend, of her. I know. And then Anna, she was in Pakistan. So I think it's a little easier too when you're out of the country and you you don't have, you know, like you're not glued to your phone because you don't have that service. Um, my SIM card was disconnected in in the Cayman Islands. I had to go back to Bryce, as I mentioned on the solo episode. So, But the one thing we all found in common was we were like, it's actually harder to be on your phone now when you take a significant break from being on it all the time, which was a problem that I've never had before because being on your phone is so easy. And I was like, wow, like I'm going to now be more mindful to take more breaks because it's like a new feeling for me. I've never, ever been like, oh, scrolling is like boring or scrolling is difficult or posting or consuming social media is not what I want to do. Like I've always had the opposite attitude. So I think taking a break long enough where you can actually get to that point is, was for me like one of the biggest learning experiences. Cause I, I mean, even now you're about to have a baby and then you'll, you'll probably be off your phone a lot with a newborn baby, which would be great. I mean, the good thing is I have Emirates location. So like, you know, we always know where each other are. <laughs> or I'll be like, or um, I'll be like calling my lifelines, you know, hey, I need hand, but yeah, um, come over. <laughs> Having a break though, I think the problem is, you know, when you're just quickly, like when you're on social media all the time and sometimes you forget who you are and what you care about and what you like. And I think that's really valuable, precious stuff, like who your own identity, the things that you love, your weird little quirks and like not falling what I don't like about social media is it's like almost encouraged us to like perform for an algorithm and it's like oh this is trending really well so now everyone's gonna go copy this thing it's like no don't Mm -hmm. do that like be honest be honest to you be authentic to yourself you're fucking awesome I bet you're way cooler than you've ever imagined oh Cassie that's such a nice (laughs) little pep talk to our audience I think we have to finish on that note yeah (laughs) Um, yeah thank you guys You're for listening guys. I love Emirates so much I'm so happy Unhinged is back <laughs> please go follow Kirsty on everything she's at Kirsty Godso you can subscribe to her superset she has new workouts she's on the Nike train NTC app she's on the new Netflix TV show there's Kirsty is everywhere you don't have to go very <laughs> far um, try her products follow her on, on all the all the platforms, you won't regret it. Um, best shape of my life I've looked when I've been following her sage advice. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on and giving us your time. And we're going to love and leave you guys. We will be back very soon. Feel free to leave us a loving review. And um, both of us, she's a Leo, I'm a Pisces. So words of affirmation, big deals for us. Tell us how much you love the episode and um, we will be back very soon. Ciao for now.